Welcome to the Eat Scripture Podcast. Um, I'm Gina and my husband, Eric That's me. Robinson, and we um, are doing, actually, this is our first podcast of a new thing. Yes. If you've heard our podcast before, they were mostly done for a class we were doing and mm-hmm. just close friends and family. And we have now launched a whole new ministry. Right. And called Eat Scripture. And so we are starting new podcasts. And so we just wanted tonight to kind of introduce what it is we're doing and give you kind of a little bit of an insight into what this is all about. Mm -hmm. So, Eric, do you want to talk a little bit about Eat Scripture? Why it's called that? Why? What we're doing here? Yeah, uh, absolutely. That sounds great. Eat Scripture. Um, like Gina was saying, we have a website devoted to Eat Scripture, eatscripture.com. You can take a look there. But everything that we're doing now, this whole ministry is surrounded by the idea of getting close to God through His Word. Really, really entering into His presence through His Word. Um, as a matter of fact, there is a study done every year by the American Bible Society that is called their State of the Bible uh, study state of the Bible um, survey that they do really extensive lots and lots of questions asked but what one of the things that came out of it this year when people were asked about why those who are considered biblically engaged people those who stay in the word most often when asked why is it that you read the Bible at all their answers came back and the number one response to that question was because I feel that it puts me in God's presence um, because it makes me feel closer to God. That right there screams everything, doesn't it, about how we really feel about the Bible? I mean, the next closest answer, which was because it helps me discern God's will for my life, was at 18%. So over double over double said the reason they read the Bible is because it makes them feel closer to God. People come to the Bible because they want to be in God's presence. They want to be close to Him. Uh, it's They're, the Word of God. It's powerful. And yes. it does pull us in. And they, and they feel like there's something special about it, apparently. Like it really, like that by just being in it, they can actually enter into God's presence. That's a powerful statement. And so, so we really, at each scripture, we believe that. We actually believe that. We believe that the Word of God is just one of the wonderful avenues that He's given us that we can step into His presence through. Just because you read it doesn't mean you'll really be coming closer to Him necessarily. But if your heart is in it when you read it, if you have a desire to come closer to Him, He certainly wants to come closer to you and certainly wants to teach you through it, as the psalmist would say. He wants to teach you His Word Himself. So, so it eats Scripture. Again, Gina said about the name, too. That's a that's an interesting thing. I give credit where credit's due here. That's really Gina's brainchild, um, this whole eat Scripture idea. But it is something that a theme that runs all the way through scripture we actually see it taking place in ezekiel's life in a very literal sense whenever god is speaking to him in ezekiel chapter 3 verses 1 through 3. i think gina has that right here let's let her read yeah, it let to me us. read that and he said to me son of man eat whatever you find here eat this scroll and go speak to the house of israel so i opened my mouth and he gave me this scroll to eat and he said to me son of man 
Feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Mm. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. Wow. Wow. As sweet as honey in his mouth. So, so very interesting how God has come to him and God is giving him words to speak, prophecies to speak to the children of Israel, particularly where he is, which is in Babylon. He's been carted off to Babylon now with a whole bunch of other prisoners. And this is this is actually before uh, the whole destruction of Jerusalem has taken place. But Babylon is already taking prisoners and dragging them off to Babylon. Uh, and so Ezekiel is in one of those waves of prisoners. Now, Ezekiel has worked in a priest in as a priest in God's temple already and among those who work in God's temple. But now that he's in captivity, God has a special mission for him as a prophet and God is putting, giving him words to say. When God gives him words to say right here, it says God gives him a scroll and tells him to eat it. So an actual, like an actual scroll, we don't know exactly how the vision worked here or what was going on or was it much more literal than we would think of as a vision. but. Ezekiel has a scroll given to him, and then he's supposed to take this scroll and eat the scroll. When he eats it, of course, uh, then he, he gets that taste of how sweet it really is. Well, this is because it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It goes in. It's so sweet, and it just fills him up. It makes him feel like he is really eating the choicest of things, um, like honey. So that whole idea behind the word of God and what it means to come close to God and to actually eat God's word and let it, let, let it consume us like we consume it. I mean, that's, that's really what's at the heart of this. And, um, give us uh, the sustenance that we need. Yeah. And there are other scriptures about eating God's word too. I think Gina's got another one ready for um, us. Yes. Jeremiah 15, 16 mm-hmm. says, your words were found and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. Wow. Love that. So your words were found and I ate them. And they became his joy. I mean, that's, and this is Jeremiah. Jeremiah's life is not exactly filled with joy. Um, he is, he is known even as the weeping prophet. That's what we hear about him when we understand what he's doing. And he too is another prophet during the time of, of moving into Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah's on the other side from where Ezekiel is. Ezekiel's over in Babylon already with some early waves of captives. Jeremiah is still holed up in Jerusalem with a whole bunch of other people who are kind of hoping and wishing that maybe they can somehow get out of this thing alive. So Jeremiah though, can still talk about the Word of God and its preciousness and how it fills him up. That's really, really important. It's really special because it really says so much about God's Word that these people feel so drawn to it, so close to it. Consuming God's Word happens over and over in Scripture. There are several other places uh, where it gets brought up. And one of those places is in Psalm 119. Psalm 119, the cool part, one of the coolest parts about Psalm 119, maybe, is that it is the longest chapter in the Bible, longest chapter there is, 176 verses in this one single chapter. And then we find out that this longest chapter in the Bible is all about, from start to finish, how great God's Word is. So the longest chapter in God's Word 
is about the greatness of God's word. It's unmatched in in its scope and the way that it talks and the obvious joy that it gives. And he just goes on and on about all these different aspects of God's word. And this chapter happens to sit almost in the center of the Bible and is all about how great the, the Bible itself is. That's a That's a really neat thing. So in this chapter, in Psalm 119, verse 103, the psalmist actually says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So he makes this connection between the word of God and honey again that we've already seen Ezekiel make. He right. makes that connection with the word right. of God and honey. And, uh, and this actually, re- yeah. This really hits home to me because we, just in the last couple of weeks, we have had a dear friend who's just become a beekeeper yeah and he had his first harvest of honey and we got some of that and have been enjoying it and it is (laughs) the best honey you've ever tasted it is so good and this just makes me think of that yes just uh i didn't know honey could taste that good (laughs) i have always loved honey but wow oh my goodness fresh out of the hive honey with still some pollen left in there Oh my goodness, I am, so I am amazed at how great it is. And so when I approach God's Word with, with Gina's and my love for God's Word, it's pretty easy to see why they would use use this as a, an illustration of just how marvelous and wonderful, I say they would use this, why God would use this uh, as an illustration of how wonderful God's Word is. Um, so we are, and, and when I say that, I'll just go on a little bit about that, which is to say, Every time Gina and I approach the word, we're approaching it with the idea that God is the writer behind everything in him. God is the one who's really written down every word that's in his word. We are, we're verbal inspirationists, which may not uh, mean much to you, or if it means something to you, some of you might think, eh, let's go a little far. Um, (laughs) What it really means is that we believe that all the words of the original are in their place because God wanted them there uh, in this book. That, and, and that means, particularly, you know, we're talking about the Hebrew and Greek, uh, the very original writings that were put down. But I do believe that God, and I, Gina does too, has hovered over this whole process of the way his book has gotten to us and made it to us. Um, the great part is, one of the really cool parts is that we can trust it as much as yes. we can. The words that we have here are the words that uh, were very, very much, not over 99% for sure, that these are the words that were put down in the original scriptures. And it seems obvious to me because as we'll go through, one of our big things is that we um, believe that the Bible should be looked at uh, very holistically. And so um, we've, most of us have grown up with a historical critical um, teaching so, and, and you may not know what that means, but just know that yeah. probably in most of your Sunday schools and your preaching, that that's what you've been hearing. And it's that's a great way, an important way to look at scripture. And we yes. totally... Um, Very much advocate, yes, advocate coming to scriptures that. on... Um, yeah, on but we just believe that there are other ways that we can approach it as well to yeah. go with that. And one of those, because of what you're talking about, inspiration, is uh, literary criticism, Mm -hmm. being able to see the literary structures and see how it's written. And Mm -hmm. I think we think sometimes that this is just written by a bunch of ancient people who didn't know much and weren't very educated. And um, 
but when you start looking at the actual writing, mm -hmm. you can see uh, sophisticated yes. structures and um, uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. And so when I see some of the ways that it's all put together, mm -hmm. I am left without any other option but to say that it is written by the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. And not by just one man or several men who could get together over years and write this. It doesn't make sense to me. Right. I would have to have more faith to believe that than to believe that it's Holy Scripture, Holy um, Spirit inspired inspired correct so um yeah i totally i totally feel you on that i think that is um when we come to it and we see the sophisticated levels of it that's really hits home to us once once you really start seeing how intricately woven it all is and how well thought out it all is um it just lends to the fact that this has to be more than a man-made document because it, it's just speaking on so many different levels yes at one time structures yeah. but um and and the literary structure comes out even here like we were already saying in psalm 119 where we have a psalm that not only is it the longest in scripture but 176 verses every eight verses is written with a different letter of the hebrew alphabet starting each of those eight eight lines in other words the first eight verses are written with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet starting each line of those eight. Then we go to the second eight verses, so verses 9 through 16, and we have the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet starting each of those eight lines. The next set of eight would be 17 through 24, and we have the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet starting each one of those eight lines and it just goes Amazing. like that all the way through so the sophistication is just a super high level and and that's just this is just a tiny part of it it's a drop um, in the bucket yeah yeah a drop in the bucket and yet this this psalmist used all 22 letters of the hebrew alphabet to talk about the word of god so you can just you, you can easily put that together what he's doing there he's using their alphabet to talk about how great the word is and how unmatched it is among anything else so each letter meant something each word meant something and they're just pouring over it all the time and he's just in love with it he cannot get enough of how great this book is i now, think also just to go with that knowing that the names of people and the names of places yep. have so much um, meaning and yep. weight in here. Right. So that when we see, like you were, we were talking about the honey, that Deborah's name means honeybee. Yes. And she was a prophetess and she spoke his words yes. to the people. Yes. Um, yes. She's talking about Deborah from Judges chapter four, in case you're wondering, um, or you just can't remember right now. But yeah, Deborah in, Gen in Judges chapter four is a prophetess of God's people. What did prophets do? Well, they spoke God's word. That's what they did. That's why we call them prophets. And her name, Deborah, means honeybee. So she's honeybee. And she speaks God's word to the people, which we've already read in more than one place, is like honey. Actually, we could find the same thing in Psalm 19. Psalm 119 and Psalm 19 both talk about, uh, make a comparison of God's word to honey. 
And so, so more than more than one place, several places in Scripture, we've got this comparison. And then we happen to have a prophetess whose name is Honeybee, who speaks God's word to the people. Well, seems like kind of silly to ignore the fact that that name is significant. It's not just any name. That's that really goes with who she is and what she does. And there are so many. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, we. Yep. Yeah. As we go forward, we will talk about that right. in our podcast. We will talk about numbers and yeah. what those, the significance of so many of our numbers. I think most people, if you've been in Sunday school any in your life, you know that sevens and twelves are very important. But that's the tip of the iceberg. Yep. Uh, just yep. there's so much more. And um, yeah, there's a there's a you know Gideon. Um, I, I've got a good friend who points this out actually her one of her books is a resource on our website on the eat scripture website under resources uh this lady who loves 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 the bible has written a book that's just for kids but one of the things she's pointed out to me the and i should say more about that she's written a book for kids on typology so on seeing jesus in the old testament in many places really able to help kids go there and on their level be able to say hey that does sound a lot like Jesus. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. It's called Look, There He Is. And uh, and you can find it on eatscripture.com under resources. Um, that she has pointed out to me before about Gideon, that it's so interesting what his name is, because his name literally means a feller, like F-E-L-L-E-R. Well, what's that feller? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> not our, not our typical southern usage of feller but uh somebody who tears things down or cuts things down and so right after we get to meet him and he has his little talk with god where he's not sure he wants to do what god is calling him to do but then god through giving him a few different you know signs and whatever uh helps him understand this is what he's called to do then one of the very first things uh the very first thing really that he's called to do is to cut something down. He's supposed to tear down the altar of Baal near his right by his home and then cut down the Asherah pole that's right there, which was like a tree. It was kind of like a tree standing up there. Well, this is his name. That's his name. That's what he does. So is it any surprise that a man named Gideon was called to cut things down, chop things down? So surprise, surprise, it fits perfectly it's this beautifully woven thing but we don't realize that that's really what is going on so often with names but it's it's so prevalent yeah so in scripture and not just human names but place names and other i mean we see it see it quite often so it's it's really something to take into account um and we'll talk more about those kind of things as we go on and dig further into scripture some of the things besides the historical critical yeah um, that we want to talk about as we uh, expose the scriptures, yes. as we open them up and and look at them. So, um, but the the probably the most the biggest one that we really love to talk about is topology, which we were yes. just talking about uh, Brittany's book and yes um, for children. But yeah, with, there are a couple other resources uh, on our website that are by by me um, that I've written that that hone in on a, a few or kind of close in on a few different ideas the second book does um but even the second and the first both have everything to do with typology i mean typology is really kind of at the heart of things because we take jesus so seriously in luke 24 
at the end of John chapter 5, also when he's talking to the Pharisees, Jesus is making clear in all these places that the book that was written so long ago is really all about him. It's not just pointing to him. Right. It's all about him. Yes. And that's, um, I think that's the big thing. We might all say, well, yeah, there's a few passages that you can kind of see as messianic. Yeah. But really, when you dig down deeper, you will see that he, this, God was telling the story, the only story he has to tell of redemption from the very beginning. Right. And it's beautiful. It'll give you chills and it will help you to have complete faith in the inspiration of this this book that we have and how important it is. And so we will be bringing that out as we go forward too. Yes, very much. Very much. That'll be one of the primary things that we bring out um, because because we believe, you know, that's what the disciples were focused on too. We read uh, books like Matthew and uh, any book of the New Testament almost you can pick. And it's just, it gets pervasive. They're always quoting the Old Testament and they're quoting it in reference to so often exactly what's happening in New Testament times. Whereas we would say, wait a second, wait a second, that's not really about New Testament times. That's about what was happening in the Old Testament. But then Matthew quotes some of those, many, most even, of his quotes. Uh, He would be, what we were saying, taking them out of their original context um, and, and interpreting them outside their original context. Things like Hosea chapter 11, verse 1, where it says, out of Egypt I called my son. Um, even things like uh, Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 where it says that his name shall be Emmanuel. I mean that is not a messianic context and yet Matthew looks at it and says oh yeah that's that's about Jesus right there. So, so we're not used to getting into that like they are to really see what they're doing and watch what they're doing. But I will, I will absolutely guarantee you. And one of the things we'll go over as we, as we just do this together and walk through these pages together, you'll be watching as we look for some of those things and say, why would the original authors consider this passage messianic? And we will talk about how, even though it doesn't fit with our modern historical critical way of looking at things we will be able to see through that and go, oh, but on this level, if you were to look on this level right here, oh yeah, it sounds completely messianic. It sounds very much like a picture of Jesus's life. As a matter of fact, almost exact. And so so that's the kind of thing and that we're seeing. Like you've pointed out so many times, um, the original hearers or readers of the New Testament didn't have a New Testament. Right. Their Bible... <laughs> was what we call our Old Testament, and especially the first five books, the Torah. Yeah. They really uh, leaned heavily on those. So they were going out and changing a world and convincing them that Jesus was the Messiah they had been waiting for. Yes. With these scriptures. Yes. And they couldn't do that. I mean, I don't know how many of us could do that. Right. And so we want to talk about how that was possible. Yes. And 
No question. And and so they are, uh, Gina's saying it right there, that's, that's so incredible. We'll just have to consider that thought for a minute. These were a bunch of Jews. The Romans were already not fond of these people. I mean, this was not somebody you were not looked at well in society if you were Jewish. And so you've got a bunch of Jews and not just like Jewish businessmen, but a bunch of Jewish backwater hicks, um, fishermen and tax collector. You know, these were the kinds of people and former zealots, guys who wanted to kill Romans. Um, These are the kinds of guys who are now going out and using what? New Testament documents? No. The documents we read from Matthew to Revelation, not even close. No, not at all. They're actually using the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi, to completely and radically transform a world, uh, to really bring something about that today has become the most influential religion in the world it is and it's it's still growing by leaps and bounds in other countries i realize um in some ways you can say it's shrinking in the u.s but but certainly around the world it is not christianity is a very fast growing religion but they started all the all the um uh, tries uh, yeah to put it out it has survived everything and so um it's it's incredible yeah so So really, um, this this book uh, really is something miraculous and incredible because those guys could take this first part out, the part that we the part that we've often been told isn't even about Jesus. And it's just for VBS, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gives us a bunch of nice kids stories. Uh, they can take that out into the world and transform a world for Jesus yes. with Genesis through Malachi. So we've really got to get our new glasses on when we're coming to this book um, and be able to see it in the way that they're talking about it. Be able to see that, oh, Jesus really is filling all these pages. Oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, his name, his name, Jesus is actually used extensively in the Old Testament. Um, it is the same name, Joshua, uh, and that gets pronounced Yeshua in Hebrew. That Joshua that we see is the one who leads the people into their promised land. He's the one that gets to lead them in. Moses. Is Moses able to take you into the promised land? If you read Deuteronomy, nope. He cannot. Numbers is actually where it happens. Numbers is where he disobeys God and it talks extent, uh, at the end of Deuteronomy about why he's not being allowed to lead the people in again. And But he can see it. He gets to see the promised land. But even though he's still filled with vigor, we find out, he's still very vigorous and would be able to on a physical level lead them anywhere. It's not his job. God has not given him the job of leading the people into the promised land. That can only be done by Joshua, by Yeshua, which is the exact same name of Jesus. So it's pointing to the one who will lead us into our salvation. Wow, that's crazy. That's beautiful. But there it is right there, even telling us who it's going to be. You better watch for Jesus because he's coming. He's going to lead you in. That's great. Fantastic. So if you can't tell... We have a real passion yep. for the Word of God <laughs> sure do. and for all things Jesus. And um, because of that, we have 
we find hungry people everywhere. They're hungry for this. They want to know more. They want to get deeper. And that's why we're here. We just have felt a real call to help the people that are out there hungry um, get deeper with him. Mm -hmm. And so we want to learn more. We want to grow more. And we want to take some people with us. And so this is our journey. We're going to go through and um, talk about passages of scripture. Yes. And um, find new gold nuggets in here. Yes. That will bring us closer to him. And we're excited about it. If you want to know more uh, about the resources we have, we're going to be doing podcasts and there's going to be some videos eventually yep. and some. Uh, articles and blog posts and you can read uh, a lot start reading a lot of those on eatscripture.com already yeah, there's a page for articles we'll be putting up fresh content um yep. and hopefully a podcast every week and so uh go to eatscripture.com yep. and um you'll find everything you need there you can leave us a comment um if you'd like to help donate to the ministry, there's a place there to do that as well. Yes. Um, but mostly we just want to get the word out. Yeah. People are desperate and hungry right now. That's right. For something positive and good and true. Yes. And this is it. This is this it. This is what we have. Yeah. And so we want to point people to that. And Absolutely. So. That's what the, that's what this is about. Just like she said, pointing people to something substantial to really bring them into God's presence and give them a hope that's much greater than this world can ever give. Mm-hmm. Um, this book has been called Extraterrestrial by a favorite author of mine, just because uh, not that it was written by aliens, you understand, but obviously just that it's otherworldly. It is something that yes. can't be explained. So yes. it's a great book. We're going to be digging it into it, digging into it together. In out more about that yep. just keep listening keep listening go to eatscripture.com and we will talk to you guys soon thanks good night good night